0: This episode of WTIP's Boundary Waters podcast is brought to you by Borderland Lodge, now celebrating their 100th year across the narrows on beautiful Gunflint Lake, and for the first time in over a decade, serving visitors for the winter season. Please join them this December through March, and stay in one of their updated guest suites or freshly remodeled cabins, offering all of today's amenities, complete with breathtaking panoramic views of the lake. There's plenty of adventure just beyond their doors with excellent Gunflint Lake trout fishing, quick access to the well-groomed Upper Gunflint Nordic Ski Trails, and Gunflint Snowmobile Trail. In the summer, there are a short paddle to the Boundary Waters entry point number 57 through Magnetic Lake, where you can sit under a waterfall, pick blueberries, and adventure along an international border. Or hike the nearby Magnetic Rock or High Cliffs Trails for bird's eye wilderness views. Borderland Lodge is an intimate resort experience dedicated to helping you, your friends, and your family create lasting, memorable experiences. Take your pick of lodge rooms with floor-to-ceiling lake views, or pet-friendly knotty pine cabins ranging from two to four bedrooms. Their pricing is inclusive. Guests enjoy a hearty continental breakfast with fresh rolls and hot entrees served daily, complimentary ice and firewood, use of kayaks, canoes, and snowshoes, and access to boat and pontoon rentals. Visit BorderlandLodge.com for availability or find them on social media through their handle at Borderland Lodge. Borderland Lodge is a proud member of the Gunflint Trail Association. This is the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. This is the wilderness that Dave and I were both introduced to as kids. You know, our first wilderness camping experiences were in the Boundary Waters. And in summer, you wake up, you swim through the lake, you have breakfast, and you can relax, you can go paddling, you can go hiking.
1: We've done this trip before to Horseshoe Lake, and I remember catching walleye
2: there before. I went on a canoe trip in the Boundary Waters. It's, it was really cool. It was my first time. The route from
3: Ram Lake back to Poplar Lake with, with no packs, with, with only a
2: day pack. Uh, we take it in one day. But well, you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars. I will set my sights by the northern star. And in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. Oh, and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. Welcome
3: to episode 74 of the WTIP Boundary Wires podcast. I'm Matthew Baxley.
4: I'm Joe Fredericks.
3: Crickets are quietly chirping. The sun has set early. I think the sun set at 7.20 or something like that tonight. A change is coming. You can
4: feel it. You know what happened to me today, actually. I could smell it. I, there were some leaves down. I went and did some fishing this afternoon right on the edge of the wilderness. And there were some leaves down, and I stepped out. Not a soul around. And just that, not quite a crunch yet of leaves, but that smell of, like, fall. It was there.
3: It's there. The smell. Now the sight's just looking around. They see some red, some yellow starting to creep into the green. hmm Every, I mean, not, I don't want to brag, but not to mention what's in the oven right now.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Some delicious splake uh, caught on the fly rod today. Clouser minnow, Matthew. Clouser minnow, invented by some guy named Clouser and was just trolling with him on a fly rod, not even having to cast it. Splake just smashing that thing today because they're moving in. It's changing, the you know they're part brook trout hybrid brook trout lake trout and they were cruising in i was getting them three feet beneath the surface
3: that's a sign of cool yep cooling temperatures not to mention the squash from your garden that's another sign of the changing times potatoes and potatoes dug up from the soil mm-hmm. so i imagine most people listen to this uh fall is still a memory down the road but it is creeping into the north country yeah. and one of the best things about fall and kind of cozying in is thinking about friends. It is a nice time isn't it? You know to gather around
4: a fire it's, it's nice to have an evening fire again either soon indoors or even around the fire pit and uh, it happens a little earlier as you're saying Matthew just things are changing with Daylight, night, all that's totally changing. You need to have a fleece on again around the fire. And uh, we're going to talk about connection with friends, family, loved ones, acquaintances, any and all of the above uh, in today's episode. Because so often we hear from people who say that the Boundary Waters is this place of solitude. You and I talk about it uh, quite a bit too, Matthew
3: ironically while we're out there together. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what kind of
4: that's what kind of spurred this episode is that we talk so much about that quiet and all of that and that's a big part of what people go to the boundary waters for is this kind of get away from it all. Uh, so we're going to we're going to incorporate that into this
3: friend episode today. Let's get right into it, huh? Friends, solitude. Friends Solitude. (laughs) Friends. Where's
4: the middle ground? (laughs) When we think of the boundary waters, solitude, quiet, and getting away from the hustle of day-to-day life often jump to the forefront of the mind of many visitors to this canoe country wilderness. A quiet retreat is indeed a common sentiment shared by the many thousands of people who visit the BWCA each year. And while solitude is sought, many of these same people travel through the wilderness with familiar faces by their side. As we've learned while making this podcast, many enjoy sharing their adventures in the BWCA with some of their closest friends and family members. Take a group of Minnesotans who traveled up the Gunflint Trail in August, for example. Traveling under the self-appointed name, the Bound Hounds, this group of seven showed up in the WTIP parking lot in August to share some information about their trip. Originally, the idea was to talk about trip planning and the various logistics that go along with it. No strangers to the wilderness, the Boundhounds have traveled in the BWCA every year for more than two decades. Sometimes there's just a few from the group who make it, and other times it's eight or nine people. Though we set out to talk about gear, including the fact the boundhounds carry a heavy cast iron skillet with them as they travel across the boundary waters, what stood out to me was the energy and the chemistry of the group. They were excited to be going to the boundary waters. Motorists passing by on Highway 61 near the WTIP building in Grammaray could probably feel the energy as they drove by. Watching this group interact was familiar, understandable, and exciting. It was great to see the group as they laughed and paced about the WTIP parking lot with anxious steps, and they essentially looked like a group of youngsters on a school playground moving about during recess. These trips to the Boundary Waters, they're about familiar connection, one member of the group, J.T. Haynes, told me, and they're about possibilities.
5: I mean, it's been... It's been over 25 years now, and I think, I think part of what I really appreciate about it is the longevity of it, right? It's like we can count on each other and we can count on the trip. These are guys I've known from, you know, different walks of life for a very long time. And, you know, we're all doing different things these days. So just being able to rely on seeing each other at least this one time of year in such an amazing, beautiful place is something I, I really, really value I think we all do too, and you know, at this point, we talked about planning a little bit. And at this point, it's interesting for us because I think we also get a little bit of a kick out of how little planning is necessary for us after 25 years. I mean, we pretty much put the call out. We know the date, we show up, and we we pare down a few items, but typically we're pretty close to the mark because we know what we've got and we know what we need. And um, one or two guys sort of takes responsibility for the food procurement, and, and off we go. So. I don't know, it's just, it's a really meaningful trip for me and these guys, and it's just a unique opportunity to see each other in the most beautiful place in, in the world, in my opinion. And, I don't know, those two things, what could be better than those two things together? So, just love it a lot.
4: Lee Markell is a member of the Bound Hounds, and he's from Egan, Minnesota. That's a suburb near St. Paul. He's been traveling to the BWCA since the 1970s. Lee is the oldest member of the Bound Hounds, and his son, Nate, has been JT's friend since junior high. For Lee, these trips are about family, but also friendship, connection, and all the other things that bring many people to the Boundary Waters each year.
6: JT and and Nate go way back to ninth grade eighth grade at rosemont uh, and they've been best buddies ever since yeah. so it's pretty cool
4: and what's it like running around in the woods with these guys in their 30s 40s whatever you guys are
6: uh back in the day when the uh adult beverages uh got a little too plentiful in the evening i finally had to shut the guys down maybe two three o'clock in the morning i i, we, I called her told them to call it quits yeah and they they did uh-huh. They did, Relu- that reluctantly. That, that was about 15 or 20 okay. <laughs> years ago. They're much better now. They're yeah, much right. more, uh, they've matured. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Okay, well, that's good. Uh, I'm glad you've been able to see them through all this way. Uh, what's What's part of the enjoyment for you as a father to see these guys? Like, what is it that you, why do you want to be involved in this trip, basically?
6: Um, yeah, it's something we got hooked on uh, back in, uh, I'm going to say, 19... 19- Seventy-eight, uh, with Rich Staffen and his wife, Carol. Uh, they, they took us on a trip. This is the longest uh, route I've been on. It was with my wife and I and those two. Uh, and ever since, we just got, fell in love with uh, the whole idea of just everything being simple and get away from it all, no cell phones, no nothing.
4: The poet George Herbert wrote that the best mirror is an old friend. I found this to be true on a September trip to the Boundary Waters, and two friends of mine from opposite corners of the country came for an early fall trip. Kyle Bill Busacker, a longtime Oregonian who recently moved to Massachusetts with his family, was one member of the trip. I've known Bill for about 20 years, and we've traveled all over Oregon together on various outdoor adventures. It's an early fall, we're out here in the Boundary Waters beautiful morning steam coming off the lake as the air temperature is cooler than the water temperature now hit 33 degrees on the drive up had our first night in camp and waking up to this calm morning i'm here with kyle bill actor, and uh
1: bill why don't you tell me what we're looking at here on this perfect morning well One of the maybe most beautiful spots I've ever been to. Mm. Grew up in Oregon, live in Massachusetts now. Spent a lot of time outdoors. First time to the Boundary Waters. And not a cloud in the sky. Sun's, I don't know, 45 degrees up above the horizon. Mm -hmm. Blaring at my eyes right now. (laughs) Squinting at you. (laughs) Couldn't be happier. Feeling the warmth on my face. Um. Just absolutely in awe of how many lakes there are, and this is just one, so if you can capture this much in just one mm-hmm. just just imagine,
4: yeah, yeah,
1: you know something I was thinking about, bill, is that uh
4: you know we have known each other for about twenty years now, and yep. it kind of came together through uh cousin Jeff and those circles, and there was uh, initially the the link was sort of a more late-night debaucherous kind of a thing, and now, you know, we were in college and younger and so forth, and now, through the years, the thread that has sort of kept this uh, friendship and, and these trips intact and, and the coming together and so forth has been wilderness-based travel we went went out to the cascade mountains maybe 5 years ago and yep. went to mount jefferson and now we're here in the boundary waters and our next trip that we're already planning is also a, a hiking or an, an outdoor adventure trip uh i'm wondering your thoughts about uh the the power of wilderness uh in, in this context of you know initially there was this sort of other thing yeah. that that brought us together but now it's the unifying thing is is the outdoors your your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I've been thinking about that because the I hadn't seen I saw you at my wedding, mm-hmm. um, and then if you know, four or five years later, you you and Jeff came out to Oregon, like you said, mm-hmm. which was important to me. Um, and I, because now I live in Massachusetts, and I never realized how tied I was just to the topography and the land of Oregon. Mm-hmm. So you guys coming out and seeing that, going up into Jefferson Park and spending a few nights. Up below the glacier and the peak. Mm -hmm. I feel like you got to see who I am more than any story I could tell you. Uh And now here we are in your backyard doing the same thing. Yeah. Wow. So we're sitting there talking about, we're sitting at the fire last night, making jokes as we do, Uh talking about what our next trip will be. Mm -hmm. And I just keep coming back to, it's probably got to be New Mexico. Uh
4: Uh-huh go down and see cousins. Well,
1: yeah, because you know, he, Jeff lives, you live here for a reason. Mm -hmm. At that point, I was certainly in Oregon for a reason. Reasons well beyond generational reasons, Uh you know, stuff that ties you to it. And there's no better way to get rid of all the human stuff and actually see the essence of who you are by sitting in, sitting in front of a fire in the (laughs) place that feeds you, Yeah, you know? And at that point, Jefferson was that for me. This is it for you. That's and crazy. by God, I mean Jeff's <laughs> Jeff's down there, he's he keeps going back to New Mexico, feeds him yeah. like a hearty bowl of soup. <laughs> I wanna eat that soup. <laughs> that's all you know. Yeah. Oh, and it's that's, it, right. that's the magic. Yeah,
4: that's right. Yeah, it's beautiful. And uh you know, you said too, this is your your, your first experience here is we're yeah. presently in the boundary waters and and um your your thoughts about where it aligns with your you know, heading into it, what your predetermined sort of outcomes were or your expectations and that that sort of thing.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I was... There was a slight level of intimidation. Mm. You know, the boundary waters, A, by its own name, its own nomenclature, sounds, it's on the boundary. And certainly, like, the portages can be rough, you know. the Paddling can be long. Mm-hmm. But once you get up here... Even though it's probably as wild a place as I've ever been, it is as comfortable and as welcoming a place as I've ever been. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I know you know what I mean. You sure. But it is, it just feels so quaint because you're isolated in just one little pocket amongst a thousand lakes, as I started with. This is just one, but it feels like this little home. Um, I wasn't expecting how comfortable and like, safe's not a great word for it, but just at ease
4: Uh yeah it's great
1: you know yeah it's
0: beautiful
4: Hmm. and uh i I wasn't aware of the fact that you hadn't when you were buying your three-day fishing license the other day on the dnr's website that you hadn't hooked into a walleye they're not in oregon where you grew up fishing and and uh you caught your first one fairly quickly into the trip and have had a couple meals already what are your what are your thoughts about these walleye around here Hard fish to catch. <laughs> <laughs> so goes the saying. Huh? So, goes, who you're with, so goes
1: the saying. Not with Joe Fredericks. <laughs> uh, well fifth cast <laughs> hooked a beautiful walleye? Fighters, mm-hmm. um, just glorious. Mm-hmm. Some of the best eating. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. Some of the best eating. Yeah. Um, that's what I mean about it. Just like being so welcoming. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just because I'm with you too.
4: Well, of the three of us, you know. The three of us. trips coming together like this. But
1: putting a line in, sitting in a canoe, uh-huh. pulling out a walleye, and then having just the most delicious lunch sitting around a fire. Uh-huh. Um, it's just been pure magic so far. Yeah. Just pure magic.
4: The other companion on the trip was my cousin Jeff Frawley, known simply as Cousin Jeff. Bill and cousin Jeff and I traveled to a secluded pocket of the wilderness in search of walleyes, a prime camp site, the chance to see northern lights, and a bushwhack to what is essentially a hidden lake. During the course of our trip, we found all of these things, though in reality, what we came for was an opportunity to connect. Cousin Jeff emerges from the lake. <laughs> What do you think of bushwhacking up that hidden lake trail?
7: It was beautiful. Lots of ferns, cedar trees. Looked like the west coast we were saying on the hike.
4: What do you think of these boundary waters? They're lovely.
7: What do you think of that island? It's got uh, some fish guts on it waiting for the eagle. Is this part for the podcast? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought you were just testing. Ah, <laughs> uh, The islands are beautiful out on this lake.
4: We're here with Cousin Jeff, all the way from New Mexico for this journey. What brought you here?
7: The friendship, the water, the greenery. Don't get greenery like this down there. Lots of ferns, cedar trees, it's gorgeous.
4: Last year in the Boundary Waters we had all these fires and in fact the wilderness, entire wilderness closed down. 2021, and this year at WTIP, we've been reading on the news about all the fires in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. What's your thought just about coming up here and getting out of some of that heat and smoke and not having the fires up here this year?
7: It's really nice um, down there when the fires happen. You can barely go outside some days. It's so smoggy, and the air quality is just terrible, and of course, people are pretty worried about it, so it's nice to be up here where it's wet and green, and I'm glad to hear there's nothing up here this year.
4: What do you think about this uh, bushwhacking, which is a little bit uh, off the norm, not a part of most Boundary Waters trips, it's safe to say, to like follow up a drainage and kind of go off trail and check out a hidden lake. What was that experience like?
7: You really feel like you're in another world. While we were hiking, we were saying it's like the Pacific Northwest a little bit. Tons of ferns and cedar trees and just gorgeous running water. Mm-hmm.
4: Love it. What do you think about having Kyle Bill Busacker here for his first ever Boundary Water Strip. Look at him sitting over there in those blue jimmies.
7: Other than the blue jimmies, I, it's great to see him. We do this once every five years or so, and oh, it's always such a great experience. Look at him Look over at there. Him. He's catching walleye like a <laughs> madman yesterday, his first walleye.
4: There's now something he's... wrong with him.
2: <laughs> Look at him.
7: Knife strapped to his hip and blue pajama pants on.
4: (laughs) There's only one federally designated wilderness in the United States known as the Boundary Waters. There's nowhere else like this place in the country. That's why it's so cherished and so unique. Friends like Bill and Cousin Jeff, the bond shared by the group who call themselves the Bound Hounds, those are also unique. Friendships, much like a beloved wilderness, should not be taken for granted. And the merger of it all, at least on these trips, was the Boundary Waters. It's up to you, Boundary Waters paddler.
3: Thanks to J.T. Haynes for all the support of the podcast and sharing his story with us. Uh, You know, speaking of friends, it's really incredible how many friends we've gotten to have because of this podcast.
4: You know, uh, I think about somebody like Eric Dickus, uh, our Omaha buddy. You know, we met him through his wife, Fallon, who found the podcast because she wanted to learn more about the Boundary Waters. We've met countless people at Events like Canoe Copia, the Midwest Mountaineering Expo, of uh, people who stop by W T I P, who email us, all through the lens of the Boundary Waters and the podcast.
3: It's more of like a microphone, though. But <laughs> le- yeah, a yeah. lens works. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, it's really true, and I I wanted to give a, a little shout out. Uh, I was. Pushing off into lake one just last week uh, guiding a trip through uh, out of ely and There was a family that just came in and I offered to take a, a picture for them. and the, I was in a hurry because m- the group was already on the water and I needed to get out there with him and the, the Really nice fella mentioned that he recognized my voice from the podcast and I didn't have I didn't stop and meet you kind folks but I think of you mm-hmm. so I hope you had a great trip and I hope that we all continue to make beautiful connections, not just through this podcast, but through this place. Mm -hmm. Meeting on portages, meeting at entry points, meeting just on the water. Mm -hmm. And there's this camaraderie that is just natural.
4: You know, another person we met through the podcast, the barefoot paddler, Mm -hmm. Mark, and I really appreciate what he said about uh, he speaks to people at a portage and offers to take photographs. And oftentimes he is able to get everyone in the group shot who, you know, now you can use a timer on a camera or whatever, but like that it just kind of eliminates that process. Like he offers to take pictures and it's a way basically for him to, I think, connect with people.
3: Totally. You know, it's speaking from the, the probably the person who spends the most solo time in the wilderness every year we still want connection. Mm-hmm. It still matters to our to our existence and to our survival, mm-hmm. and it will always.
4: Well, we're moving into a beautiful time of year right now, and uh, the trout fishing is going to be great. Uh, of course, lake trout ends. Lake trout fishing in the Boundary Waters ends September 30th, so just a short window left for that. But uh, brook trout, splake, uh, you can f- keep fishing those till October. So we will probably be... Hopefully, making some more uh, smoked trout wild rice chowder again this fall. <laughs> oh. oh, I can almost
3: taste it. Mm. Yeah. Goodness. So,
4: it's a wonderful time of year. We got some more trips planned and. Uh, I guess Matthew's probably got trout on his mind now, so we better just uh, get in there and eat some splay. He's eating a piece of wood. <laughs> no. The trout's finished. Oh. He's starving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he did
2: eat wood. <laughs> it tastes like paint. <laughs> I just sing when I paddle. Feeling, not thinking, if the strokes are true. We're going to get through to the other side. Hot in the night, the waves beat the shore. You can hear them pounding, you can hear them roar. Oh, roll me, rock me in my dreams. You can roll me, rock me in my dreams. So I like to sing, I love to dance. I play the fool if I got the chance. All around the campfire, light all around campfire light all round, all round, all round the campfire light